Welcome to SWAT Radio. It's Doug McCary on Thursday, October the 13th. It's hard to believe we're almost halfway through October of 2022. It is Thursday. Uh, shout out to all our stations that are carrying SWAT Radio, WMOX and WMER in Meridian, Mississippi. WMOX on 1010 AM, WMER on 1390 AM, up in the Lighthouse in Virginia, 100.1 FM, 96.9 FM, and WTRJ here in Jacksonville on 91.7, 91.9 in St. Augustine, and 91.3 in Folkestone, Georgia. Also, people listening through our live stream, SWATradio.com, and if you're in your car and you get off and you just want to listen, you can go to www.SWATradio.com and click on Listen Live, and you can hear us as you transition out of your car onto your phone or smart device and uh, listen to the program. Today's a great program because we have one of our SWAT brothers here, and uh, he's got a great uh, testimony. And I had the privilege of uh, getting to be a part of the, his baptism a couple of years ago and uh, just felt really compelled to have him come on and share. He's been very faithful to come into the beaches SWAT, and uh, he has been around for quite a while. Roy, his name is Roy McGriff. Roy, welcome to SWAT Radio. Well, thanks very much, Doug. It's a pleasure to be here with you again. Yeah, again. Well, you know, it's just uh, I, I think about the things that you've experienced in life, uh, like my, my parents, you know, my dad's 80, 89, yeah. my dad's 89, my mom's 86. And you guys grew up in a time where literally for Christmas, you would get an apple or an orange or a pencil, right? If you got that, if, if, or, or a toy that had been repainted. Yeah. Or something. I mean, I mean, before. but, but it wasn't like today, right? No, not at all. Uh, and, and so very different time period. Roy, as you've watched our world go the way it's gone, does it just grieve you? I mean, from from where you saw it go all these years? It makes me sick to my stomach, to be perfectly frank. This country is in such terrible shape morally. Yeah. And I tell you, when they took God out of the classroom Mm -hmm. and they took the Pledge of Allegiance out of the classroom, this country started downhill, and then we had sixties when they were going crazy. Yeah, settled down a little bit. Now it's going crazy to deal with crime. Yes, yeah, crime. Things, crime. I mean, crime. crime. You've never seen crime the way it is now. Never in my entire life. And you've been around ninety-three years. Yeah, right? and I've been in places that are pretty tough. Yeah. but there are places up north or in any big city that I would. Uh, well, even New Orleans. I wouldn't oh, even go to I, New Orleans. I never, as, as, when I saw they were murder capital of the world, uh-huh. about, of the United States, I about fell off. Yeah, well, Roy is married to Karen, and uh, he has two children, Melanie up in North Carolina, Trey in California. He grew up in Birmingham for our Meridian folks over there, not too far away. And he would spend your summers, was it your summers in Walthall, Mississippi? Yeah. Uh, and if you don't know where Walthall is, which I, he had to educate me, it's in cotton country um, by Eupora. 
right? Right, Webster County. Yeah, that's the right. In fact, was the county seat. And and so uh, Roy was a Navy veteran during the Korean War. And thank you for your service, Roy. And um, he uh, got out of the Navy and worked at Procter and Gamble for a while. Got into life insurance and became an auto air guy, and that led him to being uh, an, an inventor gets patents and inventions that help i guess with cars and you've that really was your livelihood for a long time oh it sure was uh i started back in the 70s uh-huh but uh 50 years ago man yeah but it was let me tell you it was fun mm-hmm. uh but as far as inventing things i i just had different my mind different from other people uh-huh. I'm not an engineer. I couldn't tell you a meter from a millimeter. <laughs> yeah. But I see things in my mind, and I get people that know what to do to build them for me. Mm-hmm. And it's been a, it's been fun, really. In fact, I got a patent now that we're fixing to put on the market that uh, just got parts in today. Well, well, now, and, and some some of the patents you have right now, if you go get your oil changed somewhere, you'll be using. They use stuff that you've patented, right, for these these car places. Well, it's it's no, it's for a power steering pulley. Oh, okay, it's a, a hydraulic power steering okay. pulley. But instead of using hydraulic oil, dumb me, I used grease. <laughs> Well, well, uh, I am so glad you're here today to share with people because God has kind of done some things in your life in the last four or five years, hadn't he? Oh, let me tell you, Doug, you remember yesterday morning at SWAT, I came up and said, Doug, I've really been kind of a Christian all my life, but I've run from God and hid from him. And you said, uh-uh, he's always there. So this morning I got up, I started thinking about things. And I went, as I went back, and I can go a long way back. <laughs> yes, you can. I started thinking about things that had happened. And you told me God had never left me. It's true. He never, never left. In fact, anybody out there, God is with you. Mm-hmm. He will not leave you. And I was one of those Christians or religious people that, Town of religious. If I got sick, God, heal me and I'll do this and I'll do that and I promise I'll die. You were the contractor guy. You wanted yeah. a contract with God. Yeah, if, yeah. If, if, I do, if you do this, then I'll do this. Right. And argue with him. Yeah. And then what, once it was, once I was well or got done whatever I was going to do, I'd run away again. Or not run away, I would slide off. But I met a lot of people that really influenced my life that I didn't realize at the time that they were. God was just putting seeds in your life all the time. Let me tell you what. He moved me from place to place to place, and I didn't know it. Mm -hmm. But now that I look back, I know it, and I realize it, and it makes my love that much stronger. Well, you started coming to SWAT about four or five years ago, right? Five years ago. Five years ago. And... Talk a little bit about how regularly getting into the Word has impacted you. Well, let me put it this way. 
I had heard of you. You preached that I went to the Providence Presbyterian Church, uh-huh. Karen and I, and you preached one Sunday, and you told about your airplane, the buzzer flying <laughs> yeah. to the plane. Yeah. Well, I I got impressed, and so somebody said, "Well, he has a thing called SWAT." I said, "What is that?" And they told me it was a Bible study, and I thought, "Well, I think I'll go." <laughs> Doug, to be truthful, the first time I went, I went to the church because oh. I thought that's where it was. Uh-oh, you went, and we meet in Woody's Barbecue. Right? Yeah, we meet at Woody's Barbecue. So anyway, I made my way up there. And it was a bit, one of the best moves that God has put in me in my life. Uh, you, and I'm going to say this, I don't care if you embarrass you or not. Well, yeah, it, it, well it's anything you say about me is just Christ in me, but... The, the, you have been very faithful to be there every week if you're able to. Well, I'll and tell why you, is that? Why is there well, such I'll a tell hunger? You why you took something that was complicated, the Bible was to me, and you make it so simple a child could enjoy it. You bring it to life. To give you an example of something, you were talking. We were in Acts, and we were talking about Paul and them made a journey of four days. Well, it just, in the Bible it says they went from blank to blank, wherever those two cities were. But when you stop and think of the preparation they had to have, the road there were no roads, there uh-huh. were paths, rocky paths. It just brings it right up to me, and just so I can see it, feel it, and love it. And as I say, you make it so simple that it's just you're welcome. Well, well, and the other thing is, I'm gonna tell you. Anybody can look at you and say, that man is a true Christian. Mm. They know it. <laughs> well, thank you, Roy. That's encouraging that um, you you say that. But I have watched you grow because I get up there as a simple guy just opening up the Word. A lot of times I'll just read scriptures. You know, I mean, I, there's a lot of scriptures that come Talk a little bit about your earlier experiences. You know, you said you had gone to church or you had gone churches, but talk about what it's like to hear the word, to actually hear it read and taught regularly. How that? How was that different from what you experienced in the first 40, 50 years of your life? Well, I'll give you a quick example. Say the Lord's Prayer. My Father, that doesn't mean a thing. But when you say it slowly and understand each word, it brings it forth. Mm. That's what you do with the Bible. Mm. You bring it. And not only that, you'll make a statement or read something and say, to prove it, you'll go to another chapter back in the Old Testament and prove what happened in the New Testament. Well, because that's the Scripture authenticating Scripture. So, And again, it's not me, the Spirit is enlightening, but what's so cool, Roy, is he pulled the veil off your eyes so you could see so much so that it really impacted you. And in a couple of years ago, you came to me and you said, Doug, I, I really need to be baptized. I do. Well, and, I and, and, and you got baptized and you shared your testimony. And the cool thing about all of it was, you were being a witness to people out in the community and in your sphere of influence, your friends, and people were saying, you, you, 
I came to Christ because of you. You told me a story. I don't even remember when it was a few months ago, maybe about a guy who came to Christ and said it was you that led him to Christ. Let me tell you this story. That that was Bo Walters, who lives in Mississippi. Bo and I were friends for 72 years. We went to, I met him in the Navy. He was Mississippi. I was Mississippi. We just had a ball. Then when I got out, well, I mean, we ran together. (laughs) He got out first. When I got out, I went to college. Call him up and I said, Bo, come up here and go to college. He did. And then we became kind of drifted apart. But we were still the best of friends. I'll tell you what. We bought a car that we worked at the same place to work our way through college, which they don't do now. Yeah. <laughs> you mean people don't work their way through college? No. We worked at McLean Trucking Company from, 12 from about 1 o'clock to 6 o'clock, studied and did the same thing next day. But anyway, we bought a car and never had a crossword. Hmm. Never. And so Bo's <coughs> health went down, and I went over to see him in Mississippi, and his mind was going, and he was in a wheelchair. And uh, I talked to him, and I, I was so disappointed and because of the fact he was there. But anyway, we were talking, and I told him, I said, Bo, I've become a Christian. He said, what? And his mind cleared up. And I said, and I'm going to be baptized. I've been baptized. I'd already yeah. been baptized. I said, I've been baptized. He said, you what? <laughs> and I said, I've been. He said, how? He said, the water bowl. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. I said, I don't know. So anyway, long story short. Uh, I left. I was going to take him over to Walthall the next day and yeah. renew old memories, but I just couldn't bear it. So I went back. I came back home, and his wife, who's an angel like mine, was taking care of him, and she called me, and I tell you where I was. I was at the corner of two ten and US one. Uh-huh. Right by that gate station. And she said, Roy! And I went, what? What in the world? I said, what? She said, guess what? And I said, what? She said, Bo got baptized. <laughs> I went, what? And she said, he accepted Christ. And he started following Jesus. Doug, if the window had been down, you could have heard me holler a mile away. <laughs> I I started praising the Lord. I have never felt so the beauty is the joy of it. And God's blessings poured down on me like a, like you poured it out. And when was that, Roy? That was two years ago. All right, so you, so you were 91 years old. Yeah. And you led somebody to the Lord. God right. used you. So had you ever done that before? No. <laughs> uh-huh. So 90 years you walked the earth. God had your name written in his book before the world yeah. began. And and at 91, so what would you say to the person out there who says it's too late for me? <laughs> I've blown it so bad in my life. I'll just tell them one thing. What's that? If they think it's too late, think about the thief on the cross who mm-hmm. was saved at the last minute. Mm-hmm. Or think about the parable where the where the, the workers were in the field and the, first, the last ones got paid the same as the first. Mm. It is never too late. And... 
I just keep praise the Lord and thank him enough for all the things that he's done and the people who surrounded me with. Mm-hmm. My daughter, her husband. I could just sit here and name people. My wife, who is truly an angel. You know I've got this COPD. Mm-hmm. And uh, I went from playing golf to enjoying just You running. used to love to play golf. Oh, right? yeah. I'm nuts about it. Yeah. Still am. But anyway, I was playing with uh, David Anthony. I don't know if you know him. I don't know him. He's all, well, he's won about every tournament you name mm-hmm. in Jacksonville. But anyway, we were playing, and all of a sudden, it was just like I run into a wall. Uh-huh. My strength left me, and I went home, and Karen started taking care of me. She's a, incidentally, she's a nurse, uh-huh. or was. And I have never, and Karen has come to Christ. I got to tell you something about that. I got to tell you a miracle. Okay. <clears throat> I was in, let me tell you two or three, fella. <laughs> you got time. Yeah, we're good. All right. That's why I wanted time. you in here. You got all kinds of stories. All right. Well, let me tell you, when my dad died, uh, he was a, I had him in a nursing home at the beach, and he passed away, and they called us, went out and walked in the room, and there was a nurse standing there or help or whatever. She spoke Spanish. And she said, don't worry about your father. There was an angel at the foot of each side of his bed when I came in. And it just went over my head, be frank with I was so concerned. Anyway, after the funeral, it was about a week or two later, I was laying in bed wide awake. And I was staring at the wall and I was thinking about something else. And all of a sudden, there was my dad, very small. And then these stairs, some golden stairs, and this is fact, showed up. And two angels were standing on each side of those stairs looking at my dad. And I went, I wonder what they're looking at. And I could see their faces even though they Excuse me. That's right. So they're... Because even though their backs were turned, and then it dawned on me, they wanted to see the expression on my dad's face when he saw the face of God. Mm-hmm. And it happened. Some pair of heads came down, picked him up, carried him off. So your dad was a believer? Yeah, oh, yeah. All right, so so did he, when you were growing up? Now, when I was growing up, he wasn't. Uh-huh. He was later in life, was- not as late as me. <laughs> But he became like, but he he, became he was a, a believer, very devout believer. Yeah. Well, so, so when he became a believer, did he ever try to talk to you about it, or did he? Did you? Yeah. In a way, he uh, not really strong. Not strong, though. No, he didn't. Was he in Mississippi or Alabama? He was Alabama. Alabama. Yeah. Uh, my mama's Mississippi and Alabama, but anyway. Uh, the thing that happened after that, now, that, that got my attention. And I was going, hmm. And then after that, my daughter became deathly ill. Mm-hmm. And they they did everything. She lived near the Chapel Hill in that area, Raleigh. And so they did a lot of uh, tests to find us wrong. She was laying there dying. Her husband, Wesley, <coughs> Is a uh, 
had a landscaping business, and a little Boston bull walked up to him. And he brought that dog home, mm. and he set him down. Well, when I was growing up, my dad bought me a Boston bull named Corky. Yeah. And Corky, and well, we grew up together. He would lay on my neck at night and sleep. We were just inseparable. And uh, then I went into service. But anyway, uh, I didn't see Corky for a couple of years. So back to the, to make sure you understand, I, the Navy had sent me to Philadelphia to do some stuff. And while I was there, I flew home in Winston-Salem. And at that time, we didn't have runways and things. You just They pushed the ladder up to the plane. You crawled oh, yeah. off, picked up your luggage, oh, and oh, left. Yeah, yeah, they didn't have the uh, things they just put up to the window. You had to go down a ladder, right? Yeah, you walk down a ladder. So anyway, I was daddy and mama was standing over by the fence. And they, daddy was holding corky. And that dog hadn't seen me in two years. So anyway, they opened the gate. That dog jumped out of my dad's hand, flew straight to me, and jumped up on my chest. Yeah. And we met again. Yeah. Well, I went on back. The reason I'm telling you that is when Melanie was sick, <coughs> I had to go to Raleigh. So I flew to Greensboro, rented a car, and was going to drive over to Raleigh, which led me by their place. So I stopped. Uh, I had called her and made a race, but told her I was coming up. Well, when I pulled in the driveway, they had a little area, get a, a little garden area out front with a fence around it. She come walking out with this bulldog, Corky, except I, it was named Moose. <laughs> so she opened the gate. And that dog started to move running wide open. And I thought, well, I wonder. And then I looked. I went down on my knees. He jumped on me, jumped on my neck. Melanie walked up, and she said, Daddy, I'm scared to death. It's going to bite you. I said, Melanie, this is Corky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it reminds you so much of yours, the one well, you Well, let had. me tell you what happened. I sat there for two hours talking to her. That dog was in my lap on my neck, looking in my eyes, and every time I'd say, Corky, you'd do circles. <laughs> she wrote a book later called A Dog, An Angel Called Moose, about uh, her dog. Yeah. Well, that was Corky. Oh, my goodness. And he'd been dead 50 years, and I believe that was it. I think Daddy sent him down to be with Melanie. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, your dad didn't. God might have sent him down. But, well, uh, <laughs> dad asked God to do it. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, it, well, uh, tell me, Roy, about how life has changed for you. Uh, we got a couple of minutes for the break. How has life really changed for you personally in your perspective? I know you've been dealing with some health issues because of your COPD. Yeah. How how is how is it changed the way you're dealing with it now versus the way you would have dealt with it 10 or 15 years ago. Well, to give you a ago. quick example, I was sitting in a doctor's office waiting to see him, and uh, I was mad because I had this stuff. I couldn't breathe, and I couldn't play golf. I was just upset. And a guy walked in, 25, 26 years old, mm-hmm. pushing one of those carts with a oxygen tank on it, uh-huh. breathing. And I took one look at him, mm-hmm. and I said, 
Excuse me, Lord. I didn't mean what I said. Praise you. Mm. I feel great and prayed for that man. Mm. Yeah, when you when you and I, I take, let me say one more okay, thing. Go ahead. That I do because of you. You told me not you because do. of me. Yeah, because <laughs> of you. Because well, God said it to you to yeah. tell me when I go through a drive-in now. Uh huh. I just. A lot of times I'll ask the people, I'll say, could I pray for you? Oh, yeah, because of the, the, th- the teaching on on really prayer, care, share, and that we, we have an opportunity to pray for people in the service industry, especially when you're going through a drive through or when you're getting a restaurant and getting your meal. As Christians, a lot of times we pray over our meals, so why wouldn't we want to pray for people and be a witness, right? You're 100% right. This this was Chick-fil-A. <laughs> I went through there one day, and a guy was standing, a young fellow, smiling, all smiling. And I said, I placed my order with him. I said, can I pray for you? He said, let's pray together. Oh, that's good. Oh, I felt joy. That's really good. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, the biggest thing that's happened to me is my total attitude toward life. I love people. I have finally, well, we'll go, I'll tell you at the next second, but I finally... Well, they got over the me thing. Mm. I got over the I thing. I invented. Wait, it took you 90 years. You must have been stubborn, Roy, if it took Stubborn nine. ain't the word. <laughs> Let me tell you what. I, th- I think the Lord ran me down, hit me in the head with the locust post to get my attention. Oh, my goodness. Well, well, I am so glad you're with us today. If you're just uh, tuning in, this is SWAT Radio. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors advancing truth and we have local businessman entrepreneur roy mcgriff roy's 93 years old and uh, he is just sharing with us today some of his journey and what's god god's been doing in his life the last four or five years and uh, when we come back we're going to pick up with that and um, if you got a question about what was going on in the 40s or 50s call roy will answer it because he knows he was there he lived it anyway Uh, Listening to SWAT Radio, we'll be right back after this uh, commercial break and the news on the half hour. We'll see you in a minute on SWAT Radio. Sometimes you win some, sometimes you lose some. And right now, right now I'm losing bad. Stood on this stage night after night, reminding the broken it'll be alright. Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. It's Thursday, October 13th. Doug McCary. Uh, in the studio today with Roy McGriff. And I was talking with Roy at the break just about, you know, what we could say if we could go back and speak to our younger self. In fact, the group that you just heard sing that song, Even If, Mercy Me, they actually, I think, wrote a song about going back and speaking to younger you. Yeah, they did. And, um, you know, I, I think about that often, Roy. What what 
would I go back and say? And what would you say? You're 93. If you could go back to your 30-year-old self. Whoa. Why? So 1959. Yeah. Two years before I was born. <laughs> right? Yeah. If, if you could go back to then, what would you say to yourself? The first thing I would say is get rid of the I or me attitude. Mm-hmm. It's not you. It's Christ. Mm-hmm. Second thing I would say is read the Bible. Don't scan it. Read it. It is. Well, you said in the break, study it, right? Isn't well, that what it means when he says in Joshua, meditate on the word yeah, day yeah. and night? Well, see, you can, you can do that. I don't know it that well, and I would give anything in the world if I would have started when I was 30 and learned it as well as you know it now. Mm. I would be able to talk. I, I could avert the world. <laughs> well, you know, it... it and the it, other thing I do... Okay, go ahead. The other thing is learn to forgive people. I think in the younger age, especially with all the crime and stuff we have going mm. on, hate prevails now. And that's in the Bible. Well, in fact, he says, you know, uh, when you he talks about it in Matthew 6, he links forgiveness with your prayers. Like if you're, you know, it, remember when he teaches them, they come to him and say, Lord, teach us to pray like you. And he says, Fire, Father, who art in heaven. heaven yeah. But at the end of it, he talks about forgiveness. You know, and he says, listen, your father's forgiven you. You're supposed to forgive other people's. Uh, you're not. You don't really know God if you can't forgive people, right? Well, I don't think you do, and I'm gonna tell you, it's not hard to do. If I you, will disagree with you there. I, I I know you're my elder by a long time, thirty years, but it sometimes is hard to do. It it's hard to do when you look at yourself. The first thing you said was what you got to look at others. Well. And, and or look at Christ. When we try to do it in our own strength, it's almost impossible to do when somebody's really hurt you. Have you been hurt really bad in life by people in the business world or people in your family? Yeah. But let me tell you one thing. At that time, I felt like you just got through talking about it. Mm-hmm. When I became a Christian, I learned love. Mm-hmm. I learned, and I won't tell you about love. It's one of the greatest feelings in the world. I'm going to tell you something now. Okay. I want to tell you. I was going to do it later. You were talking one day, or we were on a subject, and we were talking about love. Love your neighbor, how the disciples loved each other. You take Peter. He wasn't nothing but a redneck fisherman. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And, he, and the Lord had asked him three times, mm-hmm. do you love me? Yeah. <laughs> but, but anyway, uh, that thing was on my mind, and I started reading the Bible about love and finding it here and there. And one night, I went to bed, and I was mad. And I don't know what I was mad about, but I went to bed mad. Mm-hmm. And Doug, this is this is a little lot out there, but it's a fact. I went to heaven. You had a dream. You dreamed about it. Wasn't it wasn't a dream. It was a vision. <laughs> yeah, a vision. Was, let me tell you what. Don't ever say that was a dream. That was a vision. 
I was in a line of cars. Uh-huh. And there were two women in front of me driving. And they weren't keeping up with the rest of the cars. And I was mad because people were sneaking in front. And boy, I thought, if we ever stop, I'm going to let them have it. We stopped. I got out and I walked up to them. And these two women got out. I don't know if it was mother, daughter, sisters, girlfriends, or what. They were nice looking. I know that. And they, they looked at me and I looked at them and I went, I love you. And they said, we love you. All the cars went away, and it was people. And they were praising, dark tears almost come in mind. They were praising the Lord. The sky turned the most golden, beautiful gold you've ever heard. And I have never in my life, I just, I just threw open my arms mm-hmm. and said, Take me, Lord, I'm yours. Mm-hmm. And he said, No. You're not dead. And it dawned on me. I went back to Earth and woke up. Two days later, we had SWAT. And I said, Doug, I want to be baptized. Mm. That's where that came from. Really? God God got a hold of your heart. Yeah, but anyway, back to if I was 30, Mm -hmm. what I would do is learn, first of all, that you're not the center of the universe, God is. And he's going to move you where you want you to go. He's going to take care of you. Believe it or not, you might not think he is sometime. He might put you in a tough place. I know he's put you in places that I'd be scared to death of. (laughs) Well, well, I know you've had some tough things in your life, and this COPD is one of them uh, as you've dealt with it. and you've always been so gracious. I know that every year your sweet wife makes, well, actually, to be honest with you, I get a little upset about it because I always put on weight at Christmas <laughs> because you always make us banana bread and cookies and all kinds of nice treats. But um, anyway, um, she, you, uh, you, you, I, you can't live on this earth as broken it is, as it is for 93 years and not experience brokenness of, of relationship, brokenness of the world. Oh, and, and so for you to talk about forgiveness, and did, did you struggle with forgiveness before four or five years ago? Yeah. You did? Oh, did I? Man, let me tell you something. When I was younger, mm-hmm. you opened your mouth to me, we were in a fight. Well, you told me earlier your grandfather, what would you say he was a professional wrestler? or? Yep. Professional wrestler, a boxer, and a, would have been a baseball player, except he was 18, and a team from uh, New Orleans came over and wanted to hire him as a pitcher. Mm-hmm. And my grandmother, or his mother, wouldn't let him go because she needed him on the farm. How old was he? He was in his teens. He was 18 or 18. And yeah. the mom said, "Nope, you ain't doing it. Nope, you got to stay <laughs> You're gonna work. Farm. You're gonna work cotton farms, right? Yeah. Oh, that's but he, uh, uh, he was a man's man. I mean, so you, you did you? Did he influence you? Oh, Lord, Daddy Fletch. Yeah, that's what well, you call him. If you're from the South, you know everybody's got a mama made a Daddy Fletch. Yeah, Uncle Billy Wild. Yeah, everybody's got two names. But it, it, 
I'm Roy Jr. '93, and I'm a junior. Uh, yeah. Well, he was a, but he was a boxer, and did that, did that impact you? How tough he was? Okay. Not really, because he was so gentle. Really. He was the most gentle man you've ever seen, <clears throat> and he was religious. Uh, he, he later in life he became a Christian. Uh-huh. My grandmother, I told you. We thought she was good. She'd go to have my home. She was the sweetest person I ever met. But anyway, uh, he did influence me a lot in in the way he handled himself. And it had an impact. My dad influenced me tremendously Mm -hmm. because daddies are so dumb when when you're 17, 18, and all of a sudden when you get 21, they're the smartest people you ever met. <laughs> Isn't that true? Why do you think that is, Roy? Uh, you grow up. Mm-hmm. Not you. God says, hey, you've been a kid long enough. Yeah. Realize what this man said. Yeah. Well, uh, but as you've, you you were sharing with me earlier uh, that your, well, your, daughter, your daughter really was not making great choices in life. And uh, and then her husband, you said, wasn't, and they, you you said God got a hold of them, too, just like me, he got let, a hold of you, right? Let me tell you something. There was a lady in North Carolina named, well, she's passed away now, Rochelle. <clears throat> she called Melanie, and this was, I think, before Melanie was saved. It said, Melanie, in two, you're going to Ohio. Hmm. No, Melanie had been saved. It worked with a preacher. Melanie said, you're crazy. We're working this horse farm. Two years later, she and Wesley were in Ohio. She was teaching Sunday school classes at Rod Parsley's huge church. Wesley was building a football field for their new high school they had built. Mm. And all of that happened. But they became, they went from far apart as you could get to the most loving couple you've so ever So God met. healed their marriage. Oh, God healed them. And let me tell you something else. And I, I'll probably get slapped when he get home. God did it to Karen and I. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I he, made us, he made us much, much closer hmm. than what? you can imagine. Uh, uh, well, what has been probably the biggest um, thing at SWAT? When you come to SWAT, because you're there every week, and I know we're in the Word, Talk a little bit about being around the same guys for the last five Let me years. tell you what. When you walk in SWAT and those guys come in and we're all sitting out of you, you can feel the love. Mm-hmm. And you've seen miracles in there, which I'm not going to relate right now, but <laughs> we had one not long ago. Mm-hmm. But God has directed those people, and we're all in there for the same reason. To learn more, mm. to love more, to find out what we can do, how we can convert other people, how we can get people to come to God. And that that is my clarity. i got to tell you one more miracle. Uh, okay. When I was up at Melanie's one time, we went to this place called, she had a huge barn, mm-hmm. and there was a group of people, I don't know how many, called Thirsty Thursday. Mm-hmm. And they met on Thursday, and they all worshiped together, all different denominations. None of it wasn't a church. 
Okay. And they prophesy. Just a bunch, just a bunch of Christians getting together and enjoying the the word of God. I was standing up on a bench with my eyes closed, praying that Karen would convert to Christianity. She would become a believer. Yeah. The way that I felt. Because was she religious? But she just wasn't a follower of Jesus, really. Yeah. All right. All of a sudden, his arm went around my neck, mm-hmm. and this lady says, I know you're praying for your wife's salvation. Out of a clear blue sky, she said, it's going to happen. And she turned around and walked off. I had never seen her before in my life. <laughs> oh, my. Never. Mm-hmm. It was just the most amazing thing. And Karen has converted. She's come become a believer and yep. a follower. Yep. And 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 that you know that And she bakes pretty good too. She makes really good uh banana bread. Uh in fact she ought to have a store for banana bread, you know, <laughs> and her baked goods. But um well as as you're at ninety three now, talk talk a little bit to people out there who are what I would call um load life well older seniors you know because i mean i'm a senior at 60 like i i'm considered a senior citizen at 61 now uh so talk about the older seniors from your perspective as you are in this stage of life um a lot of people who are at your stage of life roy fear death like you know they they see death as an as is something that's very negative and an enemy has your faith changed that view for you? Listen, I don't. Death is nothing. It's the it's the beginning. It's not the end. Let me give you. Let me tell you what. This will scare you. Let me tell you what. Forever is uh-huh. best description I've ever heard. If you took a mountain the size of Mount Everest and a little sparrow came and took one grain of salt. Every 10,000 years, it took it away. When the mountain was gone, forever would begin. Yeah, yeah. Now that's how... That's a a long time. That's how... It's forever. But you really believe that, don't you? I know it's true. Yeah. Yeah, but you you didn't about 10 years ago. Oh, no. (laughs) Well, let me me tell you. I I was afraid of death 10 years ago. But it's care to tell you now, I don't fear death at all. Mm-hmm. I look forward to it, I, to be with God. I've been there. I felt it. I asked him to take me. I want to go back. Mm-hmm. When I, <clears throat> I didn't tell you this, but when I, after that dream, I was talking to my daughter, Melanie, uh-huh. and I said, Melanie, and I told her the vision. Mm-hmm. She said, Daddy. You just tasted spiritual love, mm-hmm. and I did. And I know you felt it mm-hmm. in your lifetime. Well, I did. I mean, like for me, it was when I was in the plane, and uh, I, I really, I didn't see a vision like you saw. I, but there was a, a real presence for me when I was dying, and I felt God's loving arms around me, and knew that if I died like the thief on the cross, I would be with him. And it had nothing to do with the way I live my life. And I want to ask you, Roy, 
Has that been encouraging for you? Like I know at SWAT, I share the gospel pretty regularly in there. I mean, we read the Bible every week and I share the gospel, even though a lot of the guys come would be professing believers. But it was that encouraging for you to really work through that you don't have to do anything. He's done it for you. You, he, you can't do anything to earn his favor. <laughs> Certainly can. It has done a lot, but back to the original thing about an older believer. Oh, yeah, yeah. Here's what I feel. People are scared, or people, older people, are scared to walk up to somebody like you on the street mm-hmm. and start talking to Jesus. I don't do that. Mm-hmm. Very few people do it now. When I was growing up, they used to stand on the street corner with the Bible. Yeah. But anyway... What happens is you feel a love for other people. As it becomes over you, you become less, I don't know the word, intimidated. Mm -hmm. Uh, You talk to people about one thing, and it leads right into Christianity. Well, it was like I shared at SWAT the other day. You start with the superficial conversation, where are you from, then you get into how broken our world is. And then you get into the how, what, what source of hope do you have to deal with that? Well, let me tell you something else. If you don't think it moves, it, it not only makes you feel spiritually good, but the beauty part about it is this. You feel good for yourself, you think. That's one time that you could almost use. I, I was in a, having a, sitting with two relatives. Well, the realtor and her husband, who was a lawyer, and we were doing going over a contract by selling my business, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and we were just going along, and it was long and drawn out, and all of a sudden, it, her name was Pam Pierce. Uh-huh. She looked at me, and she said, Roy, you're a Christian, aren't you? The buttons popped off my shirt. <laughs> my head must have swelled 14 times. That made you feel good? Oh, it stuck. To be called a Christian, and hadn't even more, ten minutes later, I was out the door of the contract, done no well, yeah. because they were both Christians. Uh-huh. It's it's the most amazing thing. It's the beauty of it. Uh, Stan Gross, a guy that I ran into at a machine shop, yeah. we talked, and in fifteen minutes, we were both talking Christ. Mm-hmm. It just happened naturally, right? And that's what I tell people a lot of times. Uh, evangelism is not a forced thing. It is a naturally overflowing love that comes out of you for people because of your love for God. If you love God, you're going to love people. You have to. It, it, it's an overflow. It's like those fountains, you know, those those landscape fountains you see where you have the top bowl and a yep. middle bowl and a bottom bowl. Right. Well, we're the very top bowl, and uh, if we're not drinking deeply from Jesus every day, then we're going to be dry, Well, and and that happens. Even if you're a believer, it happens. Let me tell you one thing that I do every morning, everybody should, and that's when I wake up at my age, (laughs) I thank God for the day and ask him to help me find somebody to spread his word. Mm, it is difficult good. for me because I can't get out like I used to. Mm-hmm. But 
I still find ways to do it. Uh, you did with Bo. Well, I did it with another guy right here in Jacksonville. Uh-huh. Uh, he texted me. He was had a heart attack, and they were giving him bad medicine, trying to find out what was controlling. Uh-huh. And he literally was cussing God. Mm. I mean, he literally. And uh, I started texting him, telling him that, that he was God's child, God loved him, and it was going to work out. Well, when it worked out, he has done a complete reversal. I get I get some of the most beautiful texts from him, saying it's such a wonderful day and how much I love God, and it's just it's overflowing with joy. Mm-hmm. It makes you feel good if if you just talk to somebody, just like saying a prayer for one of those servers mm-hmm. at a drive-through. You feel better. Yeah. It, it, have have you ever shared that? Have you ever prayed or offered to pray for somebody and have them get mad at you? No, I hadn't. Me either. I, no, I mean, like no, I, I, I couldn't imagine if it did, I'd hit them. No, you wouldn't. <laughs> no. You wouldn't. You're too kind, Roy. You're a kind soul. And um, I, 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 th- you know, when I I hear your story, I think about your story as a a guy who is a later-in-life conversion, a guy who's later in life, really God pulled the veil off. And now uh, the reality is that the older we get, the closer to glory we get, right? I mean, that's just the reality. I don't care if you're five years old or if you're 85. Every day brings us closer to seeing Jesus, right? That's exactly what you, you know we're here like a wisp of smoke life mm-hmm. is. Well, that wisp of smoke goes by quick. Well, that was a question I was going to ask you is, at 93, when you think back to the 30s or the 40s or the 50s. It was yesterday. It, it just <laughs> flew, really, didn't it? Well, what happens when you're a little bitty kid, a day is forever. Then as you grow older, they get shorter and shorter. Those things are on a F thirty five now. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, you know, well, the, yesterday, it, it, yesterday it goes was quick. Where tomorrow's Christmas? Yeah, it's lightning, right? It <laughs> just goes so fast. It sure does. We we know. I, one of the things that I, I was always confused about is when you're young, your parents want you to take a nap, and you never want to sleep. And when you're old, you want to take a nap, but you can never sleep. And why why? Why that was, you know, I mean, it's... Well, now uh, you understand. Yeah. Uh, one thing, Jerry, I mean, Doug, we were talking about uh, SWAT while ago is that I would just love to find some way to get people just to come in and sit for two, just one session. That's all. And listen to you. You have a, you have a gift that's God-given. Well, God, God is so gracious. Well, you know, I, I've said this to you guys a lot, that if you knew who I was before, you wouldn't be listening to me because I, I'm a, such a benefactor of his grace and mercy. And it, I, it is absolutely a privilege to open up the word of God and to share it and share it through the experience that he does in my life. You know, every time I share with you, you guys, I'm sharing to myself first that truth or that principle and and really challenged by it. And so what I end up sharing a lot of times with you guys is stories 
about how God convicts me or what, what, you know, of, of my own failure to follow him. And if you look throughout history, isn't that the Christian life? We, he grows us through failure. You know, you're an entrepreneur. We got one minute left. Okay. You, didn't you grow a lot more as an, uh, inventor through failure than you did through success? By far, by far. I invented so many things that wasn't worth plug nickel. It's scary. <laughs> and and that's the way it is in the Christian life. We we tend to remember those things that we failed at. And 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 God says the righteous man may fall six times, but he gets up seven. <laughs> and 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 that's in the Bible. That's that's God's word. So if you're out there and you're struggling, if you're out there and you know, maybe maybe you've blown it. Maybe you just flipped on this, or maybe you've been in church your whole life, but you've been like uh, maybe Roy's wife was. He, he was sharing about maybe she knows about God or you know about God, but you don't really know him. That's right. It's different, isn't it, Roy? Totally different. It's totally. totally different to know him. Um, don't put it off another day. Roy, our time is up. I want to thank you for being our guest today on SWAT Radio. Y'all pray for Roy as he struggles with COPD, but as he's a light for Christ to his friends in the community. And, Roy, um, I look forward to seeing you next week at SWAT. I'll be there for sure. Thank uh, you. All right. Well, uh, hey, thank you all for listening. It is uh, Thursday, Friday. Uh, we'll be Brad and uh, David Gray will be discussing what we talked about this week uh, about Paul and Silas in Thessalonica. So we'll uh, be back tomorrow with more SWAT radio. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT radio is strengthening spiritual